from Little Red Riding Hood, the Charles Perrault version. Just then, a woodcutter passed by. He heard the sound of the wolf snoring through the open windows of the cottage. The woodcutter knew this wolf and did not trust him at all, so very quietly, so as to not wake the wolf, the woodcutter opened the cottage door and went in. Ah, thought the woodcutter, judging by the size of the wolf's tummy, he has just had a large meal, and I wonder who he has eaten this time. The woodcutter picked up a pair of grandma's scissors lying on the table and deftly cut open the sleeping wolf's tummy. Out climbed Little Red Riding Hood and her grandmother, breathless and squashed and very glad to be out of the wolf's tummy. Oh, thank you for saving us, said Little Red Riding Hood to the woodcutter. It was so dark and smelly inside the wolf's tummy. Hurry, said the woodcutter. Let us not waste any time. The wolf could wake up any moment. This is Gothic. Season 4 of the Gothic Podcast may contain sensitive material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I rested my head against the window frame and stared out into the roiling mist. Jagged glass fragments around the frame, all that remained of the Bronco's windows, caught the tenuous light that reached us from the street lamps, refracting it into different colors. The mist swam almost like my head as it whisked by. I wasn't used to liquor, but I had to make some sense of this mess. The thoughts came from every direction, it seemed, and I let them carry me along like Cadence's carriage. Across time, I could hear the echo of a sermon. Hensley, in full fire and brimstone, he condemned the vice of alcohol and warned of the evils that indulging in it would bring. I tuned him out. Could I really save the kids like I had in the forest? I had to do something I knew. But it's not like I could just kick in a door and take them away. How would I get them out? How would I care for them? Well, everything else in the forest seemed to be a representation, not a literal truth, so it must mean I could do it. I knew I could do something, and I knew I had to do something. Exactly what would have to be a problem for another time. Maybe my friends would help me. My friends. I'd never had friends before. I pulled my head away from the window frame which seemed to be wood now instead of steel, to peer into the front seat where Cadence and Echo bantered. I couldn't help but grin until we hit a bump, and I let the jolt carry my head back to the window frame with a thunk. They'd risked themselves for me, and I for them. Cadence had worked her magic and gotten me out of Copperpot Joe's. Echo had saved us from the advancing desiccated ones in the warehouse. We'd worked so well together just now to beat Hayashi. It was a funny feeling having friends. People to have a drink and a laugh with? Hensley's sermon came floating through my thoughts once more. It wasn't evil, though, what we'd just done. The drinks and the camaraderie? The friendship we shared? Fuck Hensley. 
and his sermons. My mind drifted sideways, turning to a face burned into my memory. The woman at Ivy Corp. I didn't even know her name, but for some reason I called her Esmeralda in my head. It had been like pulling teeth to leave her with the paramedics. I hoped she was okay. Even though I'd never seen her before, I knew she was important for some reason. To me? To this crazy adventure we found ourselves on? I couldn't tell. How did she fit with Hayashi and the Huntsman and this Kane? Kane who was dead but not dead? And speaking of not fitting, who the hell were those faceless people in the detective outfits? And how had they messed with our memories until just now? I had a feeling they were the most important part of this whole mystery. I groaned and let my head fall all the way back to rest on the seat behind me. I needed more information. I had to get to the library. Me tonight, I'm doing the finest of wine and cheese pairings, Franzia Ooh. and string cheese sticks. Oh yeah, that's a wonderful combination. I know that we don't work together anymore, Patrick, but you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually I am actually trying the 19 Crimes Snoop Dogg version. Mm. Oh. How do you like it? It's not bad. It's got some good notes to it. So cool, cool, cool. Does yeah. does the copper mug that you're drinking out of it give it a different <laughs> <laughs> taste like blood? <laughs> no, that's just my usual. I love it because it's got the leather wrapping on it. Mm. So I saw that 19 Crimes was going to be putting out a like horror movie edition of different horror oh. movie killers like oh. Michael Myers and Freddy and Jason. Heck yeah. And by the way. 19 Crimes, if you'd like to sponsor our podcast, please do so at our, oh. any of our links. <laughs> we'll need a bad fish wine. Crime and codfish. No, that's oh. terrible. That's terrible. That, <laughs> Don't that, use that. that. Let's use that. That's, that's Crime and back. cod. Crime and cod. Crimes against cod. Crimes against cod. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. All right. We're done tonight, Sojourners. That's all you get. We are out. Again, episode 20. Here you go. <laughs> this is our masterpiece. It's the name Crimes Against Cod. You are welcome. <laughs> We've peaked. <laughs> hey, we have we have two beers for the bad fish now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say after the trout stout, now we have Crimes Against Cod. It's an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how I would feel about it. Or no, actually. Actually, worse than I, I can. I can choke down an IPA. What I can't drink is a sour. It's a sour. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> that would be a no, crime. No, wait, wait, wait. That's the sour swordfish. Oh. Swordfish sour. So, yes, swordfish sour. That's it. <laughs> Bet. Oh, man. There's just too yeah. many good names. Yeah. So there's only one option here. We have to start we'll our own start freaking brewery. brewery. <laughs> oh, wow. This is our All next, right. <laughs> next project. <laughs> We we yeah. gonna do oh, all man. of the above though. We're gonna do a brewery, a winery, and a distillery. Hell yes. So Sojourners, in order to make this happen, there'll <laughs> be soon a new Patreon. Patreon. There'll be you a new Patreon level. <laughs> you know what they say about wineries is uh, to make a small fortune with a winery, it takes a large fortune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breweries might be a little better, I don't know. <laughs> but um, we're gonna ha- we'll have the bad fish level yeah yeah and then yeah. that will go yeah. toward toward uh hopefully one day the beer. opening the bad fish brewery your benefit for it will be some beer if you're in town even if the bad fish brewery hasn't opened yet we'll try to buy you a beer <laughs> a bastard pint at that 
because it's going to be expensive. This level is going to be expensive. There's the we ha- we go all the way down, I believe, to the one dollar level on our Patreon. Uh, yeah. Patreon, but uh, this one's going to be pricey. I think this might be a hundred dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see. It would happen. If anybody came up to me in real life and was like, "Dude, love you on the Gothic podcast," I'd be like, "Oh, buying you a beer." Dang yeah, it, Eric! No, we've got to have a special thing. Level of Patreon. Well, they got to find me first. It's, I'm oh, yeah, it's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We all. Take you out for a beer. That's <laughs> true, and that requires yeah. some more scheduling trickiness. So that's mm-hmm. really difficult. Indeed. Yeah, but I think at a hundred dollars a month, we can make that happen. Yeah, we can make that happen for sure. We can make it happen. Throw down a quick like one shot monster of the week game. <gasps> oh yeah, yeah. There we go. We could definitely do that. Uh, some others do that too, like um, uh, uh, not uh, the uh, the crit show. One of my favorite um, crit show does that. Didn't uh, didn't. Uh, Greetings Adventurers did that for a while back when they were Drunks and Dragons. They might have. I don't know. Does Something the Adventure like Zone do any? No. Guesting? No. I think they have too many podcasts. They have, they have too they many have podcasts. Lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas we have too much alcohol, potentia, in potentia. The McElroy Podcast Empire. In potentia. It happens Potential to everybody, alcohol. damn it. Future alcohol. Welcome, Sojourners. <laughs> To another to night of the Gothic podcast. Completely coherent and absolutely sensible recording of the Gothic podcast. Indeed. But not from me. <laughs> that was sarcasm. Last time on the Gothic podcast, our riffs free of their writers, their contemporary now guests, uh, found themselves remembering things that had happened back when they had been chatting with Magnus Simeon. And they in- apparently encountered the men in gray. That was the name of that episode, by the way. It was the Men in awesome. Gray. So that's our sojourners will know that. We're and the Men in Gray. <laughs> and this is not the musical episode. <laughs> then I, I'm not even going to say it anymore because they're all the musical episode now. Yeah. <laughs> and then they made their way to the Naughty Marlin. The Naughty Marlin, uh, where they discussed things for a while. But upon leaving, as Cadence took them into the ghost roads, Echo saw those figures again, but more of them, more of these long coat wearing, fedora hatted, cigarette smoking men in gray, even though they aren't all men. And persons in gray. Now, though, uh, we take up our, uh, we take up with our riffs in some downtime where. Some research may be happening. Some adventures may be going on. Who knows what will happen during this downtime. But before we get to there, um, let's do some geek out during credits. Our sojourners rarely get to hear this, so we're going to record it on air. And if I don't like it, then I'll get rid of it. Sure. But <laughs> No pressure. But let's do some. Uh, uh, last time we didn't geek out during credits uh, after the game. So uh, let's do some of that. Mm. Baz feels as though he's accumulated help points on both Cadence and Echo, uh, because that was literally his first drink in a bar. So, mechanically, in City of Mist, the question is, which character had the most meaningful interaction with your character this session? And uh, Baz opening up about the conspiracy, I feel like is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> you just learned more about Baz in five minutes than you had Yeah, than we ever had. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've probably known you for a while, kind right. of around. <laughs> And, like, this is the first you've mentioned that you grew up in a cult? (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. What else you got? We're we're doing okay. Oh, we need to recover in sync, don't we? Uh, tight like that. I. Th- oh no, I use that in the flashback. Right within sync as a. Uh, so it it just comes off at the beginning of the episode, but we did mm. use in sync at some point. So we probably need to uh, recover that real quick. Yeah. So how have we grown as a crew in order to unburn in sync? And you can certainly use your flashback memories for that. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I feel like we have uh, named so many beers together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to also uh, uh, take a help point on Echo, by the way, for the uh, the scream which uh, triggered us being oh, able yeah, to escape nice. in the flashback. So in terms of how the crew has grown this session, I feel like recovering the memory of of the Fedora guys. Yeah, the indivi- fair. The, the, <laughs> the gender neutral individuals in gray is is pretty pretty big and like discussing what that means for them. So I feel like that's a pretty you know significant way in which we have grown as a crew. That makes sense. Echo, you got anything? So so much. Do we still have fight song marked? I thought we uh, recovered fight song after the last time. Yeah. Okay. I like the camaraderie, and I don't know if it gives us an extra bonus towards Mark's attention to or whatever for synchronicity as we were all kind of getting stupid and drunk at the ordering drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I wanted to point out too, uh, Echo and Cadence deciding to go on a research mission with Baz rather than allowing Baz to go off by himself and do research. I feel like <laughs> it's something that we haven't done before. Yeah, yeah, maybe it helped. Maybe a couple extra helps. Yeah. Some more juice. Some more juice. More juice. More juice. I need some more juice to go and with this more gin. Juice. <laughs> more juice to go with my juice. I need my which I mean gin recording chair to be not squeakier than it is. Have you tried not squeaking your chair, Patrick? I sit in near virtual motionlessness for hours at a time to do these <laughs> podcasts. And one motion, and then it's great. <laughs> That was such a get off my lawn moment, Patrick. <laughs> well, maybe you got to get do do some chair yoga. Let your chair have some stretches. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> or WD forty or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got any more geek out during credits things? Not for me. Okay. Well, let's talk downtime then. Downtime Once montage. Downtime. Several things you can do. Everybody should have a copy of the quick reference. But mm-hmm. uh, since we're doing a, a bit of a uh, rules, learning how to play the game kind of thing here, um, let's tell our sojourners what some of the options for the montage are. You can give attention to one of your logos or extra themes. Uh, you can work the case. You can explore your mythos. Uh, you've got to tell us what mystery you're exploring and how you do it. You can prepare for your next activity, um, and if you do so, you can recover some burnt power tags or gain three juice with a method based on your description, uh, or you can recover from your last activity, and uh, and you can deal with some of the status, uh, status, statuses, status, that are still affecting you. <laughs> <laughs> and at any point, I can jump into this montage downtime activity and we can have a whole scene or multiple scenes so i feel that i think we're fairly confident saying that baz is going to be doing some research so uh bear with me here because i feel like uh the research part is something we can do 
kind of in scene during the episode proper. Okay. Uh, for the downtime stuff, and I'm looking at the the specific things you just read off. There's not, I mean, work the case is the only thing there. Uh, and that just kind of gives me three free clues. But there's so much character-based stuff that Baz has that makes sense to use doing the research that I actually, you know, think that with all of this talk about the conspiracy uh, that we've just had, maybe I should give attention to that uh, that theme book, my Destroy the Conspiracy theme book. Mm. All right. So, I mean, I think for the montage, we would we would see him like going into the stacks at the library uh, and very carefully avoiding Phoebe <laughs> through the entire time uh, and, and just pulling book after book and like even Baz staggering under the weight of all these books that he's like bringing over to the table and laying out and flipping through and you know, carefully setting aside as he looks over each shoulder for Phoebe <laughs> and then moving to the next book. Uh, and, uh, and he's, he's really cranking on it, trying to figure out, okay, what are the connections here? And he's brought his, uh, cork board over at this point from the apartment he probably no longer occupies. And, uh, you know, he, he's client climbs back up into the tower and he's like, you know, unraveling the, the yarn and pu- pushing in the pins and scribbling on pieces of paper. And yeah, he's, uh, trying to figure out what to do about the conspiracy. So that gives me three attention marks on it. So now I get to That's a lot. A new, yeah, power yeah, tag or whatever. That's a bunch. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe we'll find out what that is by the end of downtime. <laughs> what about Cadence? What's Cadence going to do in downtime? Yeah, so <clears throat> mechanically what I really want to do is prepare for my next activity because I burned all of my power tags in my last remaining logos theme. And uh, I really want to recover those. Um, but if our next activity is research, I'm preparing for research. And I feel like what this would look like is Cadence is really wound up after everything that's just happened. And uh, I kind of picture Cadence maybe l- letting the the others off at the library and uh, just kind of being like, I just need to clear my head a little before we get started and taking like a little bit of a walk and uh, just kind of calming herself back down after everything else. Doing a little medit, you know, meditative kind of strolling through the uh, grounds of the. Uh, this is towards the university quarter, right? Mm-hmm. So just kind of walking around and like coming down from the the activity high of everything that's happened. And maybe I will also change out of my bloody shirt that I'm still wearing. Good idea. What's your spare shirt in the Bronco? Well, in the carriage now. Oh golly! Uh, well, it's cadence, so it's got to be like fashionable. It can't just be a t-shirt. It's probably a, a. I still want it to be a a t shirt that is just like a like something you've thrown in there and kind of forgotten about because you. Yeah, that makes you, sense. Uh, you used it when you were working on the car. You know, it's oil stained. Yeah, it's stained <laughs> with oil. It's you know what? It's got the original band logo of our band back when uh, we first drew it, and all of us had our pencils on the paper, like trying to draw this logo because we all thought we had the best idea and. um it just it's it's just a me- you can't even tell what it is anymore because we ordered this shirt from probably the cheapest custom t-shirt producer in the city <laughs> and it's like the stuff's flaking off and stuff like that so it looks kind of like a mess of Cthulian scribbles you can see an eyeball here and stuff like that and and uh you know what maybe looks like an arm there but it really doesn't look like very much behind all the oil and uh underneath Baz's jacket and atop Cadence's habitual pinstriped uh dark slacks it looks rather incongruous 
And what does that give you? Um, so prepare for the next activity is uh, recover all my burnt power tags or gain three juice. I will choose to recover all my burnt power tags. All your burnt power tags. All wow. my burnt because I burn all my power tags from stage prisons. I that's, want those. That's a good one. Yeah. What are some of the things you notice on your walk? You head up toward the university um, area. So the university, yeah. the campus is to the north. The old quarter is to the uh, to the east. And then the theater district is to the south. Chinatown's off to the southwest. Yeah, I think I'll walk the university grounds and kind of, you know how university campuses are almost always like these carefully manicured, you know, kind of nice looking gardens. They're a little bland, but they're nice to look at. I like them. I miss them. Yeah, I know. Right. So I think Cadence is trying to notice as much of the little bird's nest or deer footprints or spider webs or you know little uh plants growing out of the ground where it looks like they maybe shouldn't all the stuff that's that happens in green spaces behind or underneath landscaping which indicates at kind of the wildness of uh of of life and existence and that's what cadence is trying to focus on and kind of calm herself down and you don't see any of the fedora wearing gray dressed people watching you i sure um, hope not <laughs> echo okay so echoes i think i think what i'm gonna go for here is a give attention um and in that kind of vein i think i'm gonna go with give attention to my bardic charmer and try to create a different kind of inspiration with my fellows i imagine it's kind of kind of like a like a hypnosis like i try to get baz to like remember his time in the church or like focus on Don't do that um, <laughs> or focus on this conspiracy theory the occult sorry i got i got to stop you real quick okay because uh, give attention is to give attention to one of your logos themes yes oh right but i want to do that Bardic charmer is not a logos it's mythos oh it's a logos theme now, I you can explore that. your mythos, uh, which is then you I can will explore the mystery mythos. associated with that. And your Bardic Charmer mythos mystery is, am I one who can affect change? And so you can explore that and get one clue Okay, let's do uh, that based then. on your description. And you get to mark attention on that mystery's theme. Okay, let's do that then. And focusing with Baz, like really diving into the books, trying to use... I don't know, trying to twist this new power that I'm playing with in some kind of hypnosis to see if Baz can take me back to that moment, back to a certain book, back to um, some newspaper that he read, uh, something particular, like just with the drone of my voice, just trying to like repeat it over and over. It's like, so tell me more about this occult. Baz is pretty busy putting up sticky notes and string. <laughs> But he can point you to the mythology section of the library. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's the green section. Uh, 2.01.33. Dewey Decimal and shit. Awesome. You bet. And while you're over there, Phoebe comes by and says, Oh, why, hello. I remember you. You're one of Baz's friends. Uh, yeah. Um... This is my new Phoebe voice. I thought your Phoebe voice was like, Oh, hello, you're one of Bez's friends. <laughs> yes, well, oh, hello. The, before, my Phoebe voice sounded like more or less like just like I was talking. It was a horrible voice. And so now my Phoebe <laughs> voice is this. Oh, that's great. 
Bibi, I feel like you've aged 20 years. Are you okay? I'm the same age as I was before. I just talk different. Oh, yeah. A vocal training. Uh, Sharon's never had any of that. Yes, and you're walking through the university district, so I don't even know why you're asking. Yeah, sorry. Bye. I was going to say, I'm like, wait, what? I, I lost. Cadence is there? Um, no, no, it's just you and me. Echo, is it? Is that what you go by? Yeah, uh, Phoebe, Um, I was looking into, like, some occult stuff, some mythology. Well, of course you were. Uh, this is the right section. Oh, yes. What are you looking for specifically? Is this the right section? Well, yes, it's the green section. I'm trying to remember exactly what I wanted to ask because I had a thought. I have to remember this voice for the future. <laughs> it's a great voice. I'm Garfield, the Teal's Warlock. <laughs> that really kind of doesn't sound like that, doesn't it? <laughs> Phoebe. That's me. What can you tell me about of the Huntsman? What? Oh, the Huntsman? Well, so you are not um, exploring your mythos. You're working the case? Yes. Okay. Well, the Huntsman um, appears in, I mean, uh, do you mean the Huntsman or the Woodsman? These are two terminologies for more or less the same thing. You get repetitions of the idea of the huntsman or the woodsman um, as a rescuer type or possibly as an interferer, an interloper, depending on the particular representation of the myth that you're looking at or fairy tale, as the case might be. I'm going to grab her chin, face it right into my eyes and stare at her and, and just kind of like focus and be like, are we in love now? Man, <laughs> point me in the direction of... Any references you have that might be of help in this study? I'm trying to use like a, a hypnosis kind of mind thing. Well, in that case, you're going to need to do so. Roll convince. This oh, is going man. to be convince. <laughs> yes. Like never rolled convince so far in 19 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think oh. we rolled convince a few times. A girl would like a little bit of dinner first. <laughs> Roll wine and dine. You know what? I'm going to roll it completely raw with a nine. Oh, why echo? Um, well, um, certainly I, um, well, yes. Oh, I've got, uh, these books by, um, Campbell over here, um, Joseph. And, um, they talk a lot about the various, uh, journeys of the hero and, um, and various mythology. Here we have, uh, Grimm's fairy tales. It gives you all sorts of um, stories in which you can see uh, where the huntsman and the woodsman uh, come into play. And honestly, I'd say they're almost the same person. With those, I I grab the pointed out and just say uh, like a nice quiet thank you. Like I'm releasing her from uh, some kind of hypnosis or whatever. Thank you. Certainly, I'm a librarian. I would. I'm happy to answer all of your questions. All right, dear. You enjoy your reading. Um, don't put the book back on the shelf. You'll want to put it in the one of the return cards. If you put it back on the shelf, even though you think you're doing it right, you're not going to do it right. You're going to do it wrong. So just don't do it. No, no problem, doll. Thank you so much. Librarians everywhere, thank you for your PSA. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you think you're doing it right, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. <laughs> really quick, Patrick, what did she also call the huntsman, the huntsman, or the woodsman? Woodsman. Thank you. 
Um, and with those volumes in hand, I will make my way back over towards Baz. So you're going to mark attention on Bardic Charmer, which is going to uh, allow you to get a new power tag or do one of those other improvements. And you are going to gain a clue toward your MI1 who can affect change. What, what, is that, what does that question mean? What are you thinking when you think of that as that mystery of the Bardic Charmer? Um, how much change are you looking at? What's your, what do you visualize there? Well, like I said, I was mostly going for like specific information on the Huntsman and uh, what turns out to also be construed as the Woodsman, um, as Phoebe so graciously offered up. But I was really trying to go for this kind of like, it, like a like a mind meld, like a minor hypnosis, just getting into Phoebe's mind and finding out which books are really gonna give me good information about this specific. How how about how deep into someone's like consciousness can I really dive? So when you were doing that, when you were. When you had taken Phoebe's chin and looked deep into her eyes, they're hazel. You were able, all you wanted to do was, you were just testing your powers. You wanted her to point you in the right direction, but you knew she would do that as a librarian anyway. But you wanted to see how much, how deep you could go. And so as you do that, as you're speaking, your voice, you feel it almost diving deep into her consciousness. You see almost that you could pluck a cord here, pluck a cord there, and really get her to do a lot. Now, I'm just giving you a clue here. It's not exactly telling you the length and depth of your abilities, how much you could do, but you could certainly easily make her do things that she is inclined to do. And maybe even some things you felt that they were in there that she might not be as inclined. So that that puts you on the right path there for that mystery. So in that said, you have an armload of books that you haul up to the North Tower where Baz has all of his post-it notes and his numerous balls of twine. Uh, some of them multicolored. <laughs> Full on Charlie Day scene. <laughs> I love it. Aliens. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you feel that we have covered your downtimes or should we do some more? I feel good about it. I think, I mean, if this is our like day of downtime where we're like really just pooling resources and figuring out where we're going from here, I think yeah. for me, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, downtime can take more than a day, but uh, it sounds like most of the things you were doing happened during the evening or or even into the next day slightly. Late into the night, early morning, we're having yeah, coffee. So. so in any case, whether it took uh, one night or a couple of days, we find our riffs at Copper Pot Joe's having a morning coffee and perhaps croissant, except maybe for Baz, who used up all of his change on liquor the other night. <laughs> I'll buy a bagel for Baz. Buy a Baz a bagel a ba- for Baz, the if name you, of if this you, episode. If you buy a bag if you buy a Baz a bagel, you want to <laughs> smear cream cheese to go with it. <laughs> you, you started strong. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So what is the plan? What's what's next? Okay. So are we all there? I mean, I feel like Baz would actually be doing the investigate move at this point. And based on how many clues and or juice or whatever we have at this point. Yeah. What we've gathered over the night. That process. Yeah. Maybe like story wise, we've gathered all the books and stuff that we think are going to be relevant. And now we're trying to fit the pieces together. Yeah, so I'm I'm almost feeling like why don't why why doesn't Baz do the investigate bit and then join you at the coffee shop and then we can talk about what what okay. those clues end up being. Okay. I also desperately want Baz to drive a Vespa, but that's just me. So that's oh, so man. funny. <laughs> what a clown show! That would be amazing. Not a Vespa. Yeah, fan art, Sojourners, fan art. Ciao. <laughs> Now, what would what would Echo drive? Echo don't I feel drive. Like one of those really like the bicycles with like the really skinny frames, so it looks like just a sketch of a bicycle, or like with the really big front wheel and the little yeah, tiny a penny farthing, <laughs> with like the sing, singing sword slung over his the over their back. Hell yeah! No, <laughs> you have plans to meet at the at Copper Pacho. Some of you are already there. Uh, Baz, you've been doing investigation. So let's see how that goes. Let's see if you even make it to Copper Pot Joe's. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. In- now, specifically, what aspect are you investigating here? The men in gray, the huntsman? What are you what are you angling for specifically? So originally I was thinking men in gray, but uh but if Echo was getting stuff about the huntsman, I feel like that would have completely that like that would have diverted him. All right. So go ahead and roll investigate, and we will find out some things about the huntsman. Do you have separate bulletin boards, one for the for the men in gray and one for the huntsman, and you've got like all of these strings like tied like across to different like post-it notes and pictures? No, exactly. And maybe we'll find out after this roll. <laughs> and and spread onto a second. Yeah, and, and there's Ivy a board Corp. for Ivy Corp and Hayashi. And there's actually like a little small one about Ariel right now because he's a little bit like, wait, the Huntsman connection. Mm, okay, uh, so it's okay. totally there are uh, there are strings of twine uh, like across the room at this point, and you've got to limbo your way through if you want to get to the other <laughs> side. I got in trouble from the fire marshal my freshman year of college for that. But oh my um, god, that's hilarious! You just like clothesline yourself on the way out yeah. to save yourself from a fire. <laughs> And I don't know if we mentioned it uh, to the Sojourners, uh, but... Oh, we have a Patreon. Say? Yeah, we have a Patreon. <laughs> and also, Jesse's internet is unstable. Yeah, so buy, join the Patreon to buy Jesse better internet and also a car, right? And and all of us a brewery. And all of us a brewery. And all of us a brewery. I would work at a brewery with you all. Yeah, Yay. yeah. Huzzah. The thing about the musical episode was that even if the characters weren't in the location where a song was being sung, everybody heard everybody's songs. Okay. And so despite the fact that the Huntsman wasn't even around, you never saw him, you heard the Huntsman's song during the musical episode, or you have memory of it. And it's it's a sort, sort of weird aspect of the singing forest that uh, you hear things that are important or maybe not as the case well known be. distributive property of the singing yeah. forest yeah. and of musical episodes in general see buffy the vampire slayer yeah <laughs> okay so uh can i use in sync because uh other people were giving me kind of help with this yeah 
Okay. Do it. I want to use I'm occult okay knowledge as well. Trove of knowledge from Hey, uh, you my should also place. use three heads are better than one. Uh, if, okay. I mean, if you want to burn it right now. I think that that, you know, we're literally putting our heads together doing this research. So I think yeah, that, that totally, totally makes sense. Uh, Wait, okay. Where did we get that? Um, that was after our last uh, crew crew theme improvement got it. situation. Um, all right, so then I've got trove of knowledge. I'm am using the weakness of Phoebe. I figure at some point, like I hear Phoebe's voice, and I'm just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> I get distracted. Uh, research <laughs> skills, and I'm using the coded journal. Yeah. Investigate. Oh my gosh! Yeah. The greatest of successes. Booyah! So four clues, and I don't have to deal with them being fuzzy or incomplete. You may ask me four questions, or you what can ask another player. Is your name? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> We're all getting yeeted <laughs> off this bridge. <laughs> uh, okay, four questions. Ugh, you can't just give me four clues about what I need to know about the situation. <laughs> I want to know what he actually did in terms of this realm world whatever other realm he's accessing to cause the reign of bodies to pull people out of their homes their beds off the street whatever and shower them down <laughs> upon us okay i thought the huntsman didn't do that he did no he totally did that oh okay. yeah <laughs> in your researches and the things that you can find and the things that you know you think that when he hunted down Anubis in the forest, in that forest that is all mythologies, all stories, or at least entwined with many, many, many stories, that when he cut Anubis, when he nearly slew Anubis, that had an echoing effect to the land of the dead in this mythological idea. And so it was cutting down Anubis that cut the sky itself, that made the realm of mortals, you all, and the realm of the dead open for a moment. Okay, so that was what the Huntsman did. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then how did we get on the spin cycle of people being plucked out of normal life? Hayashi's song kind of talks about this. He said in his song... When the huntsman cut the sky and brought the rain, I piped my song into the sorrowful and the maimed. I called them from their homes. I sang them to their dooms. My power then did bloom. Okay. So he managed to suck up the sad people. Right. And you already know, you already know from Magnus that Ayashi had a list of names from Anubis slash Lazarus Cain of people he wanted to pipe into this afterlife. Yeah. Oh, God. So Anubis was the one that had the list of names. The lost. All right. So I kind of want to ask if this rift is still open then, uh, because Hayashi did his bit, obviously, after talking with Anubis, and the rifting happened when Anubis was getting injured. So that was before Hayashi got his paws on him. But don't answer that. <laughs> I, I don't want that to be one of my four questions. I'm just assuming that to be true. So the Huntsman has a major thing for Ariel slash Red Riding Hood. 
and he's going to be putting the moves on her. So that's his motivation. But what about the collateral damage? What is he going to do next? Yeah. Different than where I would have gone. Who's the wolf? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I thought the wolf was Hayashi. Uh, She was conceiving of the wolf as the city. The city itself was, she, she was picturing the city as the wolf. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So potentially removing the mist from the city and slaying the wolf. So you don't need me. <laughs> and and I feel like we're just like cutting between the coffee shop after Baz stumbles in all crazy eyed and they push a mug of coffee <laughs> in front of him. You use three heads are better than one. So you absolutely are. <laughs> yeah, Baz yeah, yeah. has come into the coffee shop. You guys already have your, what are you drinking, um, Cadence? What do you drink at the coffee shop? Man, today... I I literally just want the simplest, straightest, medium roast drip coffee. I don't want anything fancy. I don't want any dairy. I drank way too much last night, and I want a big water. And what about you, Echo? What are you drinking as Baz is coming in? Wild, wild of hair. Well, you can't tell because of the hat, but wild of hair. <laughs> wild <and> of hat. <laughs> crazed of eyes. It's, it's an Americano, but with a little like splash of like amaretto. Nice. <laughs> a little hair of the dog. Yeah, so so Baz is like stumbling in and like shaking off yarn from his coat sleeve. <laughs> and, and he's got like ink smudges on his hands and face. And he just like Amazing. slides into the booth. Post-it yeah. note stuck to like the side. Like trailing of off the hem yeah. of your coat. He doesn't even realize that. He just slides into the booth and and, and he's just like, and, and, and he says, have, have you got any more coffee? And uh, maybe maybe a little something extra. He like waggles an eyebrow at Echo. <laughs> uh, hooked, hooked already, huh, buddy? Yeah, I. I uh, it's been a long night. I ordered you one. I got uh, left room for for cream if you want it. If you can stomach it. Yeah, yeah, that um, or a little something extra. Uh, I'll splash some amaretto from my flask in there. Thanks, Echo. I, I like that you have amaretto in your flask. <laughs> That's perfect. A flask of amaretto. <laughs> Just... Hey, don't hate. Hey, don't hate. My name's Echo. I mean, what do you expect? I'm, I'm, I'm just wild like that. Uh, so the question that I'm that we're spitballing around is, you know, what is what is the ultimate goal of the Huntsman? You know, related to the city, and in between the song of the Huntsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the research that you are doing, what you have seen recently of the men in gray, your strings and such start overlapping mm-hmm. at a certain point. And it's overlapping with Ariel, the huntsman, the men in gray. It's all coming together, given the research that you have, too. The huntsman said in his song, where the time has come for the greatest of wolves to fear I'll cut open the mist and all the truths shall appear. That, though, kind of vague, you now that you have your memories of what happened at the warehouse with Magnus, at how those men in gray and the mist itself and the whoop, whoop, whoop of the helicopters, if they were helicopters, how that clouded the truth, how it obscured your memory, it seems quite apparent that what the huntsman plans on doing is destroying the mist. The city and the mist are almost one as things are, that the huntsman is going to destroy that and release the truth into 
the city. I want to return real quick to if they were helicopters, if they were indeed helicopters. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> what now? They were guys on on they just, they just had big tin cans. They were shouting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Maybe. It turns out that all the TVs in the city of Mist are lying about helicopter noises, and it's just guys going whoop 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 the whole time. <laughs> Uh, so can I infer from that reasonably without asking another question that uh, the Huntsman is in conflict with the uh, Grey Fedoras? It it seems like if he doesn't know that they exist, that they would indeed be in conflict with one another. Okay. The Huntsman's plan is almost explicitly to take down the mist. And what you have determined, and you know, Cadence and, and Echo may have differing ideas, but from what you were saying earlier, uh, you for sure were... You know, leaning toward the these guys are augmenting the mist, right. are yeah. in cahoots with it, if if not creating it outright. Minions of mist. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, <laughs> so tell me honestly, who are we siding with in this battle? Okay, well, well, there, there's one more thing. There's one more thing though, uh, and that is okay. But I was asking myself, and I was asking the voice in the sky. Who is going to be hurt if the Huntsman carries out this plan? Like, just the Mist minions, or will the people of the city be hurt? Because if if he hurts the people of the city, we're not on the side of the Huntsman. But if he's just revealing the information and bringing the truth, and that doesn't harm anybody, I mean, other than, you know, like, when you say your mind is blown, that doesn't mean your mind blows up like that. Anyway. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> and so for this one. <laughs> Sorry, he's, it's been a long night for him. <laughs> for this one, I'm just going to point you in the right direction. Okay. okay, fair. You have a bunch of books in front of you, and you're flipping through them, and you're pointing to passages as you're talking. Oh, Phoebe's going to kill me. I didn't check those out. you got to get a card one of these days, man. I keep telling you. I mean, you brought books. Also about the men in gray, because you were working on that project too, and these are connected. Okay. And you're flipping through and you're pointing to passages and you're, you're not really paying attention to the pictures. A lot of them in the mythology books are, and the folktale books are just like woodcuts. Sisyphus and Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, the, the fairy tale stuff too, the, all the classic fairy tales. And you, those of you who aren't as familiar with the fairy tales are seeing all sorts of things that are like either... Um, engaging you or scaring the hell out of you because you realize that anybody in the city could be any of these things. But it's in the magazines, the conspiracy pulps and such that Hayden's probably notices and says, wait, go ahead, say wait. Wait, um, flip back there. And then flip over here. What was that on that page? And that page and that page and that page. And in these pages, there, there's pictures of crowds, and in them all is a figure you recognize. It's Phoebe wearing a fedora and a long gray coat. What? Fuck! Phoebe's an observer. <laughs> oh my god! Holy all right, Echo, you need to go put the moves on Phoebe and <laughs> again. Yeah, Echo, man, we're gonna need you to seduce Phoebe and get your way into this organization. And uh, we'll play it from there. Baz is just like slack jawed. I mean, he just reaches into Echo's coat, pulls out the flask, 
and, and takes a swig and hands it back. Without even looking, I reach over and take it from Baz yeah. and also take a swig. With jaw hanging down, Echo is just totally like, what? The barista comes by and goes, is that a flask? No. Is that it's alcohol? No. And she... She reaches out for it, and almost instinctively, you just give it to her, and she goes, oh, good th- heavens, thank heavens, and she just takes a big swing, and then gives it back to you. I love it. You're welcome. And and Baz is just like, that's Phoebe. If that if she's working with them, what kind of, what, why would she have told us all that stuff about Riffs in the first place? Well, I don't think she's just working with them. I think she is one of them. She might even be their boss. That's what I meant, man. But like, if you're the boss of a... So picture this, all right? You're the boss of a shady organization. You're trying to suppress people from using their rift powers. What are you you doing going around telling them like, hey, hey, there's these things called rifts and you can use powers. And here's some examples. And like, I'm one myself. Maybe that was a red herring situation, like throwing us off the trail. No, she might have been sending us off. Well, do you think that that she could have been sending us off on, you know, on a level of like, on a level of uh, stuff that's going on that doesn't actually matter that much? You remember, I said the other day, like, it was quite good. It was like, uh, they're operating on another level, something like that. Like, what if she was trying to get us to focus on the wrong thing? Yeah, I mean, if she did want to just send us off after exploring what our mythoi happened to be then maybe maybe that would have kept us from uh you know from from the big big mysteries yeah like what was really going on maybe but i mean it it's pretty clear that she's she's involved with this uh but i mean maybe it's just the the mytho the the mist protectors that are gonna that aren't aren't gonna come out well so if that's all that's gonna happen i think we're with the huntsman yeah, but look at, I mean, look at how many people are clustered around her in these pictures, though. This is what has me confused. Because it's like when Andy was going on his rant about um, those with the knowledge taking the power. Or oh. does that mean something along the lines of the mist? The people that were born of the mist, the rifts like us. Do we give power to the mist? Or is the huntsman like really trying to break down this and give people their normal lives back or are we trying to take the power from the people who are controlling the mist or doing whatever they're doing i take a big swig of coffee i think that the the mist is keeping people from knowing and if if the people who know have the power then it's taking the power away from everybody and we need to be against the mist yeah so that means we're kind of with the huntsman, and maybe if we're worried about people being hurt, we need to try and isolate the the bad guys. We need to take Phoebe down away from anybody. What if we tried to achieve the huntsman's goal before he could get there and like yeah, do it in yeah. our way first? That's what I'm so saying. So that he couldn't go on some kind of weird head chopping thing rampage. You know what I mean? I think maybe if he takes out like the individual mist minions, maybe that's, you know, a lower level of conflict. But if we can get Phoebe out of the picture right away, that's that'll be enough. What if that's the whole point is to weaken all of these people, all of these rift powers? Yeah, that means we won't have the power either. Yeah, but like we think like splitting the mist, I mean, like splitting it or getting rid of it or whatever will let 
people have access to those with kind of no restrictions, right? Well, I think if we get rid of the mist, then uh, the the stories, you know, will be free to to express themselves to however they they're going to. to. Yeah. And I think that the people will will be able to make make their own decision, maybe. Right. I don't know. I'm still anxious about this guy's intentions. I don't have the feeling that he's doing this for any other reason other than like your selfishness. And I like I'm anxious that he won't care about any kind of splashy side damage. So right. I would like to believe that he's only intending to or his actions will only harm the missed minions. But I don't know, man, I got a nasty feeling that that's not the case. So here's an odd question. Who's in control of the mist? Maybe we should uh, maybe we should go after these misty guys. Well, I think we know one person who might know some answers about them, and she happens to live in my library. Live in my library, says Bass. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's go talk to the reference librarian. Oh, wait, wait, we're going back to the library? Back to the library. I slammed the rest of my coffee. Maybe I need to get some sleep first. Uh, actually, yeah, you look terrible, my man. Oh, here's your coat back, by the way. Oh, thanks. He kind of like surreptitiously gets this only coat. He checks like the <laughs> the inside for blood. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was dried. I'm sorry. No, no, it, it it's fine. It's fine. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. I could sleep this off. Yeah. So it's what it's much more actiony to be like, <laughs> you know, pitchforks to the library. <laughs> hey, real quick, Abaz. Uh, what do you think would happen if we got Phoebe out of the library? If you I- know. I think she'd be a lot less powerful. Uh, but uh, mm. if we're if we're at the cathedral, I have I have some things that can help. Okay, looking forward to that. All right. So- I, I mean, mechanically, I don't need any sleep. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> guys, I think we need to get back to the cathedral and take care of Phoebe. Take care of your take care of yourself first of all, Baz, <laughs> and then take care of Phoebe. All right. All right. <laughs> We've been up all night studying and you want to go like, this is like before noon. I see like rims of red around your eyes. All right. Get your head down. (laughs) I get it. But at the same time, I'm fucking dying. (laughs) Okay. Well, then I feel like first you take care of yourself and then we take care of Phoebe. You take care of Phoebe. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note. We'll leave this episode of the Gothic Podcast behind and see what happens next time. Okay. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. We're operating on so little information. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor, LLC. Starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music is by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners. Sorry, I
I cracked myself up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean, sorry, I cracked myself up. Sorry, I cracked myself up. So Is this Amaretto? <laughs> Who has Amaretto don't, in a flask? Don't judge us. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she moves on. <off. laughs>